that he's redeemed as the message was made known so we'll keep sharing Christ no matter what the price till our Savior calls us home we'll hold up the light we won't be ashamed to go and tell the world that Jesus saves We'll proclaim the truth as long as there is time. We'll hold up the light. Let it brightly shine. Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine forevermore. We'll hold up the light. We won't be ashamed to go and tell the world that Jesus saves. We'll proclaim the truth as long as there is time. We'll hold up the light, we'll hold up the light, we'll hold up the light, let it brightly shine, let it shine. song really enjoyed that thank you so much for that nice looking song i'm going to ask at this time if i could um, um brother crabtree would you like for us to show your video first so they don't have you come let's we're going to watch the video next and uh, kind of give us an idea of the ministry of life signs let's go ahead and have the lights come down we'll watch this video hello my name is scott crabtree i'm a bimi missionary to the deaf Life Science Deaf Baptist Church will be celebrating another anniversary this year. I would like to share with you a brief history of our church and tell you about a challenge that we have faced recently and how you can help. After working with the deaf for over 38 years, we started a church from scratch in Columbus, Ohio, and recently celebrated another anniversary. Welcome to Life Science Deaf Baptist Church.
have an urgent need in which we are asking for your prayers and financial support. On July the 10th, 2019, after renting the building for 18 months, the landlord, another church in the area, decided to sell the building with five acres. We would have to buy it or move out. This was much earlier than anticipated. After some tough negotiation and a great deal of prayer, we were able to get the price down, but it was still more than we could afford as a young church. It was something that only God could do. In 1967, a Baptist church was built here but had closed its doors. We were able to come in and rekindle the light of the gospel in New Albany, Ohio. We are reaching the deaf, deaf-blind, and have a hearing ministry as well. We are seeing people saved baptized and lives being changed. We have a good relationship with the surrounding communities, fire department, police department, and local colleges who utilize our church services in training interpreters for the deaf blind. In addition, we have a presence in the elementary school across the street and are working on having students from the Ohio School for the Deaf attend our church on Wednesday nights. We also continue to have an average of two to three visitors per week. It seemed that developers would snatch up this valuable property with five acres and that the church building would be leveled and the light of the gospel would go out in New Albany. A Christian couple, though, who loves God and loves the deaf, came forward to offer us a no-interest loan to purchase the property. On January 21st, 2021, Lifetime Deaf Baptist Church became the official owner and we turned the huge for sale sign out front into a gift from God. We have been given the challenge of paying off the loan in five years. A great amount of heart and soul have been put into bringing an old building up to date through generous grants and the giving of God's people. We continue to make improvement as the Lord provides. We were able to reach our first year goal in 10 months and are now currently working on year number two. Would you consider partnering with us in this adventure of faith in becoming a part of the history of Lifetime Deaf Baptist Church so together we can say, look what God did. Don't you give me your lip, your lip. I tell my children, you give me yours. And so 
I need a lift. Amen. As, uh, well, praise the Lord for what God has done for you. Uh, I'm sorry. In, in 1980, on March 22nd, 21st, 1982, there was a, uh, four young ladies who have come up to me. They asked me, four sisters, am I on here? Am I supposed to on the mic? I, I can't stand behind the mic just fine. So, got something in front of me. I'll go. <laughs> so, um, but, <clears throat> but there were four girls who happened to be sisters came up to me and they asked and said, Scott, would you come? Would you would you come and go to church with us tonight to hear their daddy preach? So I, I went I, I went home that night and and um, and I, I went to the church house and I walked in and I sat with the youngest of the four ladies, which her name was was Kim. And Kim said uh, while her daddy was preaching, she wrote me a, a note. She said, "Would you?" You don't want, if you want, would you want to come and receive Christ tonight? I said yes or no. You know, they're 14 years old and I was 17. So I said, um, I chuckled very politely. I said, I said no. And uh, so that night after church was done, the four girls come up to me with their mother. Five of them, five of them approached me and they asked me, they said, uh, 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 would you mind coming, coming back tomorrow night? I thought, wow, they must like me or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I was truly uh, but I, so the next day I went home after after school. I went home and after school was done, I I went home, took a shower. I had basketball or something. I had to do go to job or something. But when I got done, I came home after work. Uh, I took a shower, parted my hair down the middle, flipped it over to the side, and put my old spice on. And uh, that's all I could afford. Amen. <laughs> so, but anyhow, I thank the Lord for what God has done for those four girls and invited me to to to, to uh, Christ. And that night on March 22nd, 1982, I received Christ as my Savior. Understand this, when I, when I was at the age of uh, 11, the state of Ohio told my mother I was being retarded. My children, my, my three kids, they agree with the state. But, <laughs> but I praise the Lord what God has done through this mentally retarded boy that God would take the, the ministry of those four girls. Tonight, we're thrilled to see what God has done through the work uh, this, uh, by inviting me to church. Because of those four girls, they invited me to church. And, uh, and then tonight, as I go to bed, the, the, ministry of the, of, uh, the ministry of those four girls continues, even though I was asleep, because the Lord has allowed us and used us to uh, be able to establish a deaf work on five different continents around the world because of the four girls who invited me to church. So I praise the Lord for those young ladies. And uh, for one time, uh, about two, I'm sorry, about five years ago, the children of, of Kim had never met me. Kim was a young lady who was 14 years of age and wrote me a note, said, you want to receive Christ tonight? And while I, I saw her, she now a pastor's, in, a, a, a pastor's daughter in San Antonio, Texas. So I go and knock on her door and uh, I haven't seen them for a long time, or many years actually. And uh, as I knocked on the door, she said, uh, would, you, would you come and... Uh, um, and tell my family, our children, about your story. So I shared the story with them about how I got saved. And when she got done, when I when I got done with my story, they said to they said to me, said uh, uh, Kim said to me, she said, Scott, we just wanted you to know about the love of Jesus, but boy, did you get it. <laughs> but, but praise the Lord for what God can do when you fully surrender yourself to the Lord, what God wants in your life. And so uh, those, I, mean, I was a very shy, timid young man. I told the pastor before, uh, for over 15 years after I, I surrendered to be a preacher, I would, I would literally go to my, uh, be in my office or somewhere, a home or somewhere, I'd be throwing up before I got to preach. 
And so uh, I'll, I'll probably still save some of that. So you know, anyhow, we'll praise the Lord for what God is doing. You know, uh, I'm thrilled to be here tonight, and I want to thank everyone for allowing us to come. I did. Uh, my, my wife, her, she's a uh, pastor's uh, daughter, and she's a second-generation uh, church planner with her dad. And um, so now the Lord has allowed us to, to open up Life Sign Deaf Baptist Church. We've been working with the deaf for over 30, 39 years. And, I, you know, we started this church when God, you know, I'm— when, they, when the uh, landlord told us that we have to move out or buy it, I, I saw no possibility of, of, of buying this place because with the deaf, we had no businessmen. We had just, just common, ordinary, uh, blue-collar workers. But the Lord, uh, I remember on Saturday morning, on, on July the 11th, uh, <clears throat> I went down and sat in my office on, on Friday the 10th. Uh, we discovered the letter that said we have to move, uh, move out or buy on July the 11th, I went down to my office. I went over to my office here at, at, from the house, and I opened and flipped open my Bible that Saturday morning. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9, that for my, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. So I began to, and I began to walk that property three times around. Three times around is, um, is, uh, is one mile. For over four or five months, I would walk and weep and pray, walk and weep and pray, the broken heart of what? What, what are we going to do now? And how are we going to get $100,000 to pay for this building? They didn't tell me the number. They wanted me to make an offer. And I thought, we can't even afford $100,000. But, uh, but then uh, after, uh, uh, by the way, let me back up. When I, the first Saturday after I opened my Bible, I walked out. The Lord said, this is going to be your red sea. So, boy, I don't know. I've got to keep walking, keep going forward, and see what God will do. Well, on a, on, a, on a Saturday night, my wife had pneumonia, and, uh, and I was walking again after uh, uh, miles and miles and walking around that property, weeping and praying and begging God for an answer. I believe within five months into it, we began to pray, and, then, and as I began to walk around that property, and uh, just again, I'd already been there that morning, walked around the property for a few hours, and then in the middle of the day, I've already been, been there walking around. That's good. You sit down and you see me now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've got your back. Okay. okay. Amen. But uh, as I began to walk around that property, um, uh, just beginning, I was Saturday night. The next morning, we're going to have a church service. And that night, that night um, um, uh, I began to ask the Lord, said, uh, uh, and pray, praying once again on that night, was I open as I opened. Oh, uh, but I opened my Bible, and as I began to pray the property, I got a text from the landlord that said, you will have to uh, move out because we're going to get a realtor. And I thought, wow. So that means the price is going to go way up. So they put it on the market for $2.5 million. <laughs> and so $2.5 million. And, of course, we're a deaf church. We have no way of uh, being able to afford a number. I thought because the church was given to them free a year and a half before with the promise that it will always remain in the ministry, we were supposed to be able to stay there rent-free for five to ten years, and uh, they would come and build a Bible, uh, Bible institute for one year and a half after they got it. They decided they wanted to sell it. And so I'm brokenhearted, don't know what we're going to do. I said, Lord, you think I'm just too old to be able to start this church? <laughs> so, but... 
$2.5 million, and then uh, uh, on Monday morning, I opened up, and I called this man, as you saw, on the, and he and I have been friends for many years. I didn't know. I thought he was an ace hardware manager, and uh, I did for many years because he lives in Wisconsin. I found out later that he was a, uh, he, he's a, a custom hardware businessman, and so, uh, but the Lord used him, and, and he was helped us by that church van you saw there, and then now a year and a half is passing by, and now he calls me on a Monday morning. I'm brokenhearted, and I'm just like, I'm, 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 I'm completely exhausted, without energy, without, I felt without hope. And I sat there and I wept. I wept. And he looked at me and said, Scott, we'll FaceTime him because I read lips. I have a 95% hearing loss. And so uh, I got to leave. I got to have your lips. If you got a beard, you just don't, don't talk to me this week, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But by the way, some, sometimes I travel on reputation. You have a beard. Uh, and there was one guy, and he's a, he's a district attorney in, um, in Knoxville, Tennessee. He has a, he has a, he has a, uh, he's a, uh, in Gatlinburg, he was a, he was a, and so he came, and I couldn't understand him, so he and I just text back and forth, so it worked out good, okay, so, but anyhow, my, uh, what was I at, oh, they said that $2.5 million, and then the, uh, the man that you saw, his wife, they both, uh, well, his, his, uh, he took over the negotiations, and was able to get it down to $1.35 million. Now, even that was just astronomical in the amount of money. But believe it or not, it has five acres, and uh, we're near Facebook, Amazon, and Google for the next exit. Right across the street is a public school. And they were going to, uh, and then just recently, they have signed a, uh, the um, microchip factory, Intel. And it's just, it's just it's really, it's right behind my house now. I don't know if I like that or not. I'm not sure. But it's... Uh, but it's a $20 billion investment. My point about all of this is this, that I live in the country uh, because of the tax purposes. I want to move up there. And um, I wish I could tell you the whole story, but my point that I want to make to you tonight is this, that the, and, and then, then they accepted the $1.35 million and the, and the businessman said, let's go buy a church building. And uh, so and I, he gave me the challenge that you go raise the money and, uh, and you go raise the money, and you pay it back within five years. But don't worry, I'm not going to lose it. But uh, it'll be interest-free. And uh, so but he gave us that challenge. And so last year alone, we were able to put down 44% of the building uh, uh, funds. And so now we're on our second year, and it's been a very slow year for that. Uh, just recently we found out that there was a, a man that invested $5,000 a month to help us with the building. He just recently has been having some problem with his business, so he had to call me and tell me, or we sat down and talked, and he said, uh, I'm going to have to just waive that for now. It might be a while, it might be two years, three years. Let's try to get back some, at some point to help you. But, you know, I, you know I'm not, I will just tell you, it wasn't the most exciting news to hear, but our church, we only still pay $1,000. And uh, so the church people, but the Lord has been so good and so blessing to what God has been doing. People have been getting saved, baptized. Uh, two, three weeks ago, there was two baptized. I think it was past week. I think it was two weeks. Last week, there's another uh, 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 
uh, got received Christ and uh, a lady came forward, my wife led her to Christ and there's a public school teacher two weeks ago, uh, she's deaf and hard of hearing and she got saved and so the Lord is doing a work. So our job is to roll up the sleeves and keep working, keep asking. Uh, we ask, seek and knock. I don't understand how God's going to pay for it, but the people keep reminding me and they tell me, don't worry about God. You know, even this man, he was telling me, he says, Scott, don't worry about it. It's just, pa- it's just paper. <laughs> well, he told me, he says, it's just paper. So he eases my burden on this. But I want you to pray with us about this because it is a huge burden on us. And, uh, but the Lord's been good to us, and we're so thankful for it. And uh, so because of time, I'm not sure what, what do you want, uh, Pastor? Uh, okay, so I, and, and I, let's go to, in the book of Ezra, I'm going to ask my five men, the five men that I've asked to help me. If you come up and sit on the front row for a minute, and uh, I'll use this. Can I move this away from me? Uh, you can sit on the front row for a moment. Let me sit on the front row for a minute. Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, I got a, um, let me see here, if there's four. Okay, well, maybe I'll borrow Pastor if he, he could be the middleman. And then I'm going to need four. I'm going to need five teenagers. So I get five young, strong men who can sit up here with Just come, come on up here and just save time for it. I want to be done. Pastor said I have to be done in uh, eight minutes. So I've got <laughs> So, uh, but anyhow. Uh, can I get can I get four 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 teenagers would be fine. If I can get four teenagers to come up here and sit down, I won't bite you. I'm not going I'm not going to have you talk. You're just going to you're just going to act what I like. Somebody started up. Got a courage. Got courage. Yes, sir. He works. Okay. I'm going to make this as brief as I can as possible. Uh, I'm going to skip a lot of things because of the time. But I hope you'll get the message tonight. I hope you get the point. Well, we'll go to the book of Ezra, Ezra chapter number one. If you can, if you can sign for me, someone go ahead and sign as I start. And um, my wife or, or the interpreter, whoever, will give the pastor a break. And I'll, I'll start, pastor's wife a break. Amen. <laughs> Secretly, she's the pastor, right? <laughs> All right. You know, what you need to be doing is paying her the salary, not him. Amen. I'm just kidding. All right. Oh, praise the Lord for you. Amen. All right. But here, I'm gonna, again, I'm going to abbreviate this message tonight and uh, try to get right to it. Uh, one time I got up I got up to preach at 11.45 a.m. on a Sunday morning. The pastor said, we got to be finished at 12, at 12 o'clock. I literally finished this message in 15 minutes. And I zoomed it. And, uh, I mean, I zoomed. So, by the way, how do, how, you know, in, in the hearing world, we clap. In the deaf people, we clap. And what the hard of hearing people do is clap. Okay, amen. Uh, okay, all right. Well, praise the Lord. Here in the book of Ezra, I'm gonna, again, we're going to abbreviate everything we can. And I need one more young man here. Come on. Come on. we got courage. Come on. Come on. Have some guts. All right. All right. In the book of, in the book of Ezra, here the Bible says in verse number one, Now in the first year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, the king of Persia, and that he had made a proclamation throughout all of his kingdom. And he put, all, he put it also in writing, saying, Thus, <coughs> thus said Cyrus, the king of Persia, verse 2, The Lord God of heaven hath give, given him, excuse me, hath given, hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth. And he hath, watch this phrase here, charged me to build him an house 
at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. In verse 3, and the Bible says, it goes on to say, verse 3, Who is there among you of all his people? Uh, uh, his God be with him. Let him go up, go up to Jerusalem, which is by what which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is He is the God, and first number uh, uh, which is in Jerusalem. Watch this phrase: Whosoever remaineth is important part. Important, important part in first number three is go. Uh, let him go, and then first number four: Whosoever remaineth, that is the people that stay. As the Bible says in verse 4, For whosoever remaineth in any place where he has sojourneth, the man of his place, help him with silver, with gold, with, with goods, and with beasts, and besides a free will offering at the house of God that is in Jerusalem. And verse number 5, we'll go to the latter part there. And with all them whose spirit God has raised to go up to build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. I want to say this in verse number six, and I close with I start with this verse. It says, "And all they that were about them strengthened their hands." In verses number one and two, the Bible says, makes it very clear that God has a plan. He, has, he God makes it clear that He wants a work in Jerusalem to be done. He made it clear to the king. He made it clear to the people. Everyone who knew that God that God wanted something to be done in Jerusalem. The king said in verse number two, uh, verse, two uh, verse number three and four, he said there are two types of people that were needed. In verse number three, there's one type of person that is needed. In verse number four, there's a second type of person that was needed. In order to accomplish his work, his plan, it is imperative that these two types of people who know that they are who they are, the important part is for these two types of people to know who they are and what they are supposed to do. If either of these people are in the wrong place, it is detrimental to his plan. Who are these people? They are those that go and they are those that stay. It's very important that we all understand this. Again, I'm going to abbreviate everything I have to say tonight. And I, but in Acts chapter 8, verse number 1, there's a, there's a group of people, the Bible says in verse, uh, verse number 1 of Acts chapter 8, it says there, are, there, there were, uh, in the latter part of that verse, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the region of Judea, Samaria, watch this part, except the apostles. In chapter 13, the book of Acts, the first missionaries were sent out from Antioch. And there were those that had to go and those that had to stay. In Romans chapter 15, verse 24, Paul talked about those that had to go, that was himself. There were those that had to stay, that was the Romans. In Romans chapter 15, verse 24, there's a phrase in that phrase, and because of time, I'm going to leave it at that, to be brought on their way thitherward by you. It goes on to say, and the Bible goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number 6, and there's a group of people that had to go, and there's a people that had to stay. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse number 6, the latter part of that verse, it says, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. There's a group of people that had to stay, and there's a group of people that had to go. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse number 16, Paul talked about those that had to go and those that had to stay. In chapter 1, verse 16, there's a latter part again, because of that verse, because of time, and because of and the verse says, and of you to be brought on my way toward Jerusalem. At 3 John chapter, uh, excuse me, 3 John verse 6, Paul, John talked about those that had to go and those that had to stay. And he says in verse number 6, 
if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt be well. I challenge you tonight is to understand that there is that there are I've got two minutes. Those that go and those that stay. Uh, uh, <laughs> I remember a black preacher one time preached. He preached, he preached, he preached five minutes. Oh, <laughs> five minutes, five minutes. <laughs> uh, I understand, I understand. Okay. Eight fifteen, we'll finish it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right, then now you just bring your meal tonight. Amen. But, I, but uh, I remember a black preacher preaching. He was preaching away, really getting out there, really hollering and, and spitting and moving and doing, moving and doing it all. And then all of a sudden, he looked at time. He, he, he said, you've got two minutes to get right with God. He had to close it down. <laughs> but here's a group of people here this morning, this evening. There's a group of people here that have those that had to go. Please understand the essential of those that have to go. Not to undermine tonight, those that have to go is critically important. There's a group of people in this church tonight that God may call to go. By all means, go. If you don't go, you're not in the place where God wants you to go. And you cannot be right with God when you don't go. Even if you stay when you should be going, there's a problem. But those that go, they must give to go with a willing heart. There's a group of people and a group of people that God will call. And those people are selected to go. There are those people that have to go. They're chosen by God. There are those that go that are usually are the ones that are seen and praised. You see these missionaries tonight, by the way. Um, I praise the Lord for the Brazilian missionaries. I thank God for them. I'm supposed to be there, Lord willing, last March, and I couldn't go for earlier season. I've been asked to go down and speak to a bunch of uh, missionaries with BIMI, and now I've got some engineers tonight, and I praise the Lord for them. Lord willing, I'll be back there in March and to preach at a BIMI conference and to help and challenge young people and challenge because many of the people down in, in Brazil are reaching to death. And so they've asked me to come down and challenge them. I went to school with the director of BIMI, uh, director of the South America, and he asked me to come down. So I'm looking forward to it. But here are those people that go. Thank God for them. We travel around, and, we, and we're often encouraged by the church members. And the church members have done so much to encourage us, and sometimes it seems that we are the, we are the limelight of a mission conference. But I want to say something to you tonight. Please understand the most important thing you can do tonight is, is uh, as a church member, if God doesn't call you to go, you must stay. Those that stay have an important part in their ministry. You have an important part in doing what God wants you to do. You see, here, King Cyrus, if I can ask the pastor to come up tonight, King Cyrus, he was, he was, he was given a burden tonight. He was asked, he was asked of the Lord. To, the Lord laid, laid something on his heart. He laid something on his heart, and God put a vision in his heart. He said, I want you to build a temple. I want you to build a work. And I, but yet, in order to do that, you're going to need some people to come along, and you're going to need some people to come along and help you. By the way, I don't, you can go sit down and have a break. I'll use somebody else. I didn't know there was five. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> since he's the elder, we'll make since we're, since he looks like he's a good young man. He looks like so. You come up here. And then you come over. Two of you come over here. No, you're in the middle. <laughs> he needs to be held up. So I'm gonna try. If I, my wife is usually the one tell me slow down. So she she got her back turned against me. If I if I'm too fast, just go to just slow down. 
okay? So here, now here, God has put on the heart of King Cyrus to do a work for God. And he cannot do it without people to come on board. I'm not, there's verses in the Bible that share this. There are people, there are, there, there are there's people that have given. And uh, I'm trying to, <clears throat> 13 minutes. <laughs> I better be quiet about the time. I always get in trouble about that. I do like to respect the time of what pastor wants. But here in chapter, in chapter 2, at verse number 68, I want you to notice here, in chapter 2 of the book of Ezra, if you don't know where to find the book of Ezra, it's after 2 Chronicles. So I hope for those new converts. 2 Chronicles chapter, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ezra chapter 2, at verse 58. Son, son of the chief of the fathers, when they came to the house of the Lord, which is at Jerusalem, offered freely the house of God, set it up in his place. Verse 59, they gave of their ability unto the treasure of the work. But here in first, uh, chapter 3 and verse number 7, they gave money also unto the masons, unto the carpenters, unto the meat and the drink and the oil and the cedar trees. But here's what happened. I'm not going to have time to elaborate on all of this. But see, all of these, if you would, hold it. Lock arms, by the way. Uh, lock arms, if you would. Lock arms. And, uh, and so here we have it. What this, what this chapter has, it has different people coming together. And it's doing it's givers. We have cooks. These people have been touched by, these, these people have been touched by King Cyrus. And they said that they, they recognized his vision. And they recognized and understood that God wanted to use Cyrus and his vision, his leadership, to make something happen. So therefore, these type of people have to come along. This, this, this king could not do it alone. Uh, you guys behaving yourself up here because everybody down here is paying attention to you. Okay, I need them to pay attention to me for, just, for 10, just for 11 more minutes. <laughs> Start that, I'm going to start talking to you like you're deaf. Okay? <laughs> okay. But here is an up, let's update this to 2022. You have a pastor that God has put in a heart. God, you have a pastor tonight that God has put a vision. He has put a burden on the church. God has given him a burden of doing something to build the work that God wanted. Here now, we will see that the pastor had a, had a, had a vision, and God, and, 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 God, and God, as he put it on his heart, his job was to portray that or, or to send that out, send the message out, and to pray that people will come on board and help this vision become a reality. You see, I, I've been told, Brother Chris Radabaugh, who's a friend of mine, called me last week and said, you all have done a phenomenal job last year and increasing the faith promise. I commend you tonight for what you have done. Thank God for you, for your burden and your understanding when pastor has a faith promise mission. It's not just be able to proclaim what we have done here. It is literally to send out the gospel around this world. But when God puts something on his heart and God exceeds what the expectations are, it's not time to slow down. It's time to bond together and come together and do something for God. You see, let me let me let me let me challenge you tonight. There's a little there's a little church. 
no more than 6,000 square feet down in, in the hills of Gatlinburg, Tennessee. There's, a, there's, about, there's about 40 to 50, young, 50 folks in that church. And that church last year alone has given $275,000 to missions. And yet they call one of the, there's a lady in that church called Shouting Sharon. Now it's an unusual church. And I, when I first went there, I looked at like, mm. uh, the pastor would lay down and he'll lay, he'll prostrate, he'll lay on, they'll have a prayer meeting before the preaching time. He'll lay down on the platform and he'll literally cry out to God. And then when, when this shouting Sharon, as we call her, uh, me and my daughters would call her shouting Sharon because that's what she does. And she'll, she'll get up here and sing and she'll get so excited about something, she'll literally run around the building. I'm not exaggerating. It's not a charismatic church. It's an independent fundamental Baptist church. But here's what I'm trying to say to you tonight. There's a group of men that have to come upon the church. God has put in the pastor's heart to do something. It cannot be done without these, these men. This man, I don't know him. I don't know any of these men. But I want to know that this man, he, he, let's say God, has, he, God has, he loves his pastor enough. He, just, he, he loves God enough. And he brings in, and then he goes to work from 7 a.m. He comes home at 5 p.m. He goes into his living in the kitchen and he grabs the meal and he gathers his children and he takes them to church. He takes them to the church house because God has laid on his, his pastor's heart to build something, to do something in the church house. You see, those people that stay, the people that stay tonight, is critically important to help keeping the missionaries on the field. If we get to a point where we get stagnant in our work, the church ministry will die. You cannot get to a point of stagnation. This is the same thing as what God has used these men to do. These men must, they have a burden on their heart because they love their pastor. They love God first and foremost. They love their pastor. They don't want to join the critics. They don't want to be a naysayer. They say, Pastor, what do you need? I want to get behind you, and I want to support you. My challenge to you tonight is this. If God has put something on your pastor's heart, come together, bring the children to the house, let them play while Daddy is working. Because one day, these children are going to remember if you pull them up. These children are going to remember. They're going to remember that my dad and my mom gave all of their time and their energy because they love God. They helped build Lighthouse Baptist Church. God can use your mom and dad to help build the next generation. You understand this. When these, these men now, these men have come, gone to work, they've, they've left the house at 7, they've got home at 5, they eat their meals, they've all worked hard, and they, try, they, 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 they but they, no matter what God wants them to do, they come to the house, they come to the church house, and they just love God, and they just walk around, they fellowship while they're working, they have memories of being built, children are running around the building, not knowing, not helping, but they're, they're partaking of the future the church. You see, I, I'm not making tonight, but my challenge those people that stay, when you have a job to stay, your job to stay is clean the toilet, 
Your job to stay is keep this carpet clean. Your job to stay is take and make sure the windows are clean. Your job to stay is make sure the light bulbs are still on. Your, your job to stay in every aspect of this ministry, a Sunday school teacher, a, whatever, a, bus, a bus driver, whatever you do, your job is critically important for the livelihood of this ministry in 50 years from now. You see, the ministry of, life, of, of Lighthouse Baptist Church is going to go beyond your pastors. I understand it came 95, 98, 98, 98, 90, 98, 98. So now for 24 years, my mouth's right. No, he died. Didn't do too bad. <laughs> but he's, I don't, I can't. True story, when I went to college, my reading level was at fifth grade. That's a true story. But here's what I'm trying to say. Oh, I can't get my mouth. Never mind. <laughs> but here's what I'm saying. When time comes for this man's, this man's vision, when this man's vision has taken place and has spread it, now one day these, hold your lock arms if you would, the children of these men are going to enjoy the sacrifice, the tears, the giving, the hearts, the sweat. These things have given for this generation. So when you think your job to stay is nothing, I beg to pardon you, you are wrong. For those of you who are here tonight, you faithfully filling these pews or seats. This generation, this generation is going to be a little different than that generation. This generation likes shoes. This, gen this, this generation likes chairs. This generation likes chalkboards. This generation likes monitors. This generation likes a, likes a big fat pulpit. This generation wants a small pulpit. They're a little different. <laughs> They're a little different. <laughs> he really wants you to get there. <laughs> beg you. Every church has critics. Critics don't reproduce good. Critics harm what God wants done. Somebody asked me, I, I, my, I used to have a pastor by the name of Jim Vineyard. And he's a very different man. He's a different kind of compiler. He has nine brothers. He has nine brothers, two sisters. Grew up in West Texas. Handled every snake under the sun. He's a green beret. And he knew he had one on one ways of killing a man. No exaggeration whatsoever. And somebody asked me one time after 23 years, how in the world would you follow him for 23 years? I said it's very easy. I just let him be human. It's so unfortunate that pastors and their families are put in what they make. I mean, if you make a mistake, you want to get some 
is to say that this next generation is going to have children. This next generation is coming. Or this generation will not come, depending on how much support this generation you give and that God helps. With abbreviated message tonight, we're running out of time, but get with the program. Love God, because that's where the blessings lie. Let God help us out. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we stand on and you can all be seated. Thank you. Every pastor get time tonight. You know, I challenge you tonight. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, keep thy heart with all, with all, with all diligence. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Protect thy heart 